and today my co-host is... Emma Gonzalez, <laughs> or if you know me on social media, Emma G, which is my internet name. So, Emma, I'm really glad to have you. You're my first Thank you for guest. for having me. Which is so exciting. Um, so, I guess we can start off by just chatting a little mm-hmm. bit about how we met, which... I feel like is a very, it's a fun little little anecdote. It is. It's really fun. So um, what I, I don't even remember that day, but I think I was in a really bad mood. And I was like, it was like late at night. I think I was like working late and I'm like, oh, I can just fucking just go home or whatever. And then I ran into someone. Can I say like, yeah, yeah. I ran into someone that you were dating at the time that I've actually known for a very long time. I was his mentor in high school. Um, and I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen you. And then, of course, I see Andy um, and her roommate, who's also a really good friend of mine. And I was like, oh, like, so are you going to introduce me to, like, this wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous? Because you were, like, wearing this really nice outfit. And, like, you had, like, the open coat. And I'm like, this girl looks new money, baby. <laughs> like, and I remember, like, you know, your ex was like, oh, yeah, like, this is, you know, like, Andy. Then this is her roommate, Victoria, and all this other stuff. And, you know, and I think, like, you know, he, um, he and, like, you invited me to the house party. And I remember he messaged me and he's like oh but for real like Andy and I like do really want you there and I remember like feeling really touched by that because I felt like really included so I was like oh I have to make an effort and I did show up and I showed up totally drunk and I don't remember much from that night that was the night that I did hitchhike to someone else's house though yeah I I, re- <laughs> I remember hearing about this after the fact yeah I, I heard it was a wild night um after the actual party mm-hmm. some people around what was it one or two a.m went out that was with Victoria too yeah and uh, some wild times were had but I'm old so I did not go out <laughs> <laughs> well I mean like you you were married off at that point yeah I was I was kind of you know doing your thing um but yeah um ever since then like the times with you have been really good so yeah, yeah and you you invited us to your new year's party oh god <laughs> <laughs> which was a good time for sure and i think it helps that like you know mm-hmm. you're in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and you know it's yeah. nice to meet people who are like in your vicinity cuz yeah, as definitely. an adult it is very very difficult to do that now. Yeah, absolutely. I think I remember this from college, but I think like you are most likely to be friends with people like actually in your proximity. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are a lot of friends with like their coworkers. Yeah. Not that you can't be friends with your coworkers, but I'm glad that like we became friends because of like our proximity. Exactly. So. It definitely facilitated mm-hmm. it. I know Victoria, who is my roommate and our good friend, mm-hmm. she was saying, like, yeah, from the beginning, I knew that, <laughs> I knew that Emma was it. Like, I knew we were going to vibe. <laughs> yeah, she always says that. I'm always in the corner, like, it's me. It's, we vibe. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. Like, the kismet, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. So, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hmm, a little bit about myself. So, I am a Scorpio sun, first and foremost. Very Scorpio vibes in this household. Very cutthroat. <laughs> B-I-T-C-H. Um, even though I don't seem like it, I can be very intense. Um, Chicago native, born and raised in the city of Chicago. And when I mean Chicago native, I mean, like, really in the city. Went to a Chicago public high school. Um, stayed in the city for college. Um, I am a sexual violence prevention educator, so I predominantly work in schools, but then I also do professional trainings. I also do, like, our volunteer um, orientation for the Rape Crisis Center that I work at, and yeah, pretty much just, like, if there's an educational need or a knowledge gap, I I fill that hole with my knowledge, and I build a lot of trainings from, like, the ground up. I 
really, really like working with different organizations and different schools and just catering every educational experience to them. And so like when I tell people that I'm an educator, I also mention that like I'm a designer because I design experiences mm-hmm. for people to learn in the best way that they can be. So um, I really bring a lot of like creative energy to that as well as just a lot of passion for the subject. I think it's a really interesting time to be working in anti-rape work and in anti-violence work. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. And I know you have you know, somewhat of a social media presence. You mentioned that even your Twitter was something you, like, put on your resume when you were applying for the job that you currently have. Yes. And and I know you're pretty proud of it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I've had Twitter... So April... April is my 10-year anniversary, so 2019. I'm not sure when this will be released, but um, I've been on Twitter for 10 years, and, like, it's interesting because... I don't know. I just love the internet so much. It's been a space where I've like met a lot of people, mm-hmm. both romantically and platonically, and it's been a way for me to foster a lot of relationships. And so I just feel like I have a lot of niche communities that I'm a part of and like have a very curated experience. So I feel really comfortable on the internet. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, the internet's bad or this, this and that. And there are definitely pratfalls to that. There are definitely bad things um, with anything. But I feel like the internet has really helped me learn and grow so much. And it's helped me become very articulate and eloquent. And it's helped me like in my job and I feel really lucky to be in a position that really promotes me being myself. So, yeah. like, if I'm talking about, like, sex and fucking, <laughs> or if I'm talking about, like, you know, the current statistics and sexual violence, or if I'm talking about, like, intersectionality and just, like, different relevant social justice topics, you know, like, all of it is a part of me and my work. And I am really appreciative of that. Yeah, I feel like you're such a <laughs> an open person and you're always willing to talk about any subject <laughs> and you're okay with anyone reading you don't care you're just Mm -hmm. like this is my truth I'm going to speak it have you always been like that or is that something that kind of came out of Mm -hmm. your job or that's a really good question so I think a lot of that um so you know like I was kind of teased a little bit growing up and stuff like that so I think there came a time where there was again like a really nasty rumor circulated about me like involving sex and the thing is you know Truth be told, I was a really late bloomer sexually. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, there are all these nasty rumors about stuff that I haven't done. Not that there's anything wrong with, again, like, sexually experimenting in your youth. That just wasn't my truth. So I feel like that really drove me to be like, you know what, I'm going to be open and honest about my experiences. And I'm going to be open and honest about who I am. And I want to live in my truth because if I am, then no one's going to take that away from me. And, of course, um, I've backtracked a little bit. I read a lot of Brene Brown, which is Britney Spears' favorite author. Um, (laughs) You know, very important note. Very important for most important (laughs) credential. (laughs) Yes, not the fact that she's done, like, all this amazing work around communication (laughs) and healthy relationships. It's that Britney Spears is her um, favorite, you know, person, yeah. um, or that Britney Spears is her favorite person. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm getting tongue-tied. Yeah. I'm getting that, tongue-tied. That, you know, Britney Spears holds her in high regard. Yes. That is obviously, um, you know, yes. up there. <laughs> but Brene Brown shares that, like, you know, sometimes oversharing isn't actually being vulnerable because it's kind of this aspect of, like, well, if I'm going to tell them what they already know, I'm going to beat them to the punch. Mm. And so it's this idea that not everyone has earned to hear your story and that yeah. not everyone, you know, deserves to even hear it. So I feel like I'm trying to be more mindful of, like, when I share and when I'm open in certain regards because not everyone is going to be receptive to what I have to say. Right. And not everyone is going to care what I have to say. And just, you know, honoring myself to be like, you know, well, my story is important and my experiences are important and when I choose to share them are important so I feel like I'm trying to be more mindful of like you know when I disclose you know past sexual assaults or when I talk about like dating and sex to be mindful of my audience and to be mindful that it's a two-way street so I feel like that's something I'm have really started to think about especially when I I use social media and that Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, I definitely understand that. Cause, yes. You know, life. I feel like one of the things we bonded over was the fact that we're both kind of oversharers. For water signs, you yeah, know? Yeah, it, it really is just like that sometimes. And it's interesting because I feel part of my Scorpio mystique is that, like, I do have a few secrets that I hold very close mm-hmm. to my heart mm-hmm. that it, no one in the face of the earth actually knows. I was reflecting about my, like, my latest long-term relationship and I was like, oh, I definitely didn't disclose that for, like, the three-year, four-year time period mm-hmm. we were together. And I'm like, I wonder why that was. Yeah. So there are, like, a few things that are kind of, like, off the table for discussion that I keep near. But for the most part, yeah, very open. Yeah. I think that's true mm-hmm. for even mm-hmm. most people who yeah are, like, honest and open there's always some things that are just like too private very private (laughs) very private yeah and you know I have those things too Mm -hmm. and I don't sometimes you have to wonder is if it's like is it about make figuring Mm -hmm. out why that has like a specific power over me Mm -hmm. like why Mm -hmm. talking about this specific thing makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or is it like something else it's always something to self-reflect on. Have you seen the movie Assassination Nation? I have not. So it is on Hulu. I really liked it. It was at the Sundance Film Festival. Are you familiar with that movie? Yes, that yeah. was the one where that was like very stylized and like it was like preppy girls that yes. were maybe there was violence. I saw the trailers yes. a few times I think before movies and didn't really know what was mm. happening. Yeah, for sure. So pretty much what happens is that, you know, it's like a group of high school girls mm-hmm. and like, you know, um, pretty much what ends up happening, they live in Salem, which again, great pick for like an indie film, teen <laughs> drama of a, like a location. Yeah. And there's pretty much a hack that leaks everyone's like text conversations, their photos, their web search history. And so it's pretty much everyone's secrets are out in the open and it just oh. causes chaos. But there's specifically an aspect of where it backfires on um, the girls because they're like, well, you know, these girls are being slutty. These girls are being promiscuous versus being like, these men had some pretty fucked up secrets yeah. and stuff like that. And so I feel like it pretty much kind of envisions a world like what would happen if all the, if like everyone's personal information like just went balls to the walls and was mm. out in the open. So I really liked it. A lot of people didn't like that movie, but I'm like, when has the most popular film in history been one that stars teenage girls? Yeah. And what they go through. Um, not very often. So No, no. And I think a lot of people uh, tend to be skeptical about movies that are examining more of the 21st century mm-hmm. problems with like social media and mm-hmm. privacy and all that stuff. I think a lot of people think they're like heavy handed. Yes. Or that they're like, oh, they're not saying anything new or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, that's kind of a high standard to hold yeah. like everything to. Yeah. At some point you have to be like, okay, well, it said something. You know? Yeah, well, it said something. And also I feel like it's like not being afraid to be like, yeah, this movie was kind of dumb, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I still enjoyed what it had to say. And I feel like that's something I've gotten more comfortable with to being like, yeah, this doesn't make sense. I still like it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, oh, that was another thing that we like. Yeah. I think when we were on the way to House of Vans or something, we were like, oh my gosh, bring it on. I love bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Like and that was, yeah. Bring It On is one of those movies I went back and I watched, and I'm like, this really makes sense about who I am today. Because, <laughs> like, you know, the plot line in the first movie is, like, you know, very much, like, cultural appropriation, stealing yeah, from black culture. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this is, like, my bread. Like, I'm pretty much, like, this is a summation of who I am now yeah. as an adult. Like, this is, like, the literally, like, a cheerleading pyramid. This is the foundation of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, honestly, I guess I've never, like, thought that, like, too hard about how much I enjoy those movies. <laughs> As 
could tell I, I have. It. I think it's good, it's good to, like, I feel like we're all overthinking things, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's also a Scorpio for you. Like, we try to yeah. find, like, the most, like, undercut mm-hmm. take, the mm-hmm. underbelly of the beast, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, but for some reason, I feel like um, the bad things that mm-hmm. women or femme people like always tend to get kind of shat on more than... Because, yeah. you know, men are allowed to like shitty movies, but it's like an ironic sort of thing. Well, it's or... like, how many Fast and Furious movies do mm-hmm. we have? Um, how many... Like, I love the Marvel series. Um, I love, like, action superhero movies, but so many of them are, like, just kind of the same plot line yeah. over and over yeah. again. But those, you know, they're like, well, these are really good films. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, yeah, I feel like men are given spaces to, like... Or, like, releases. Uh, Like, one thing I can think of is, like, Ocean's 8 was released. It made a shit ton of money. Sandra Mm -hmm. Bullock is phenomenal. Kate Blanchett. I'm just gonna shout this out really quick. Should have had a lesbian romance, but they they really should have. It was teased very heavily. She fed (laughs) Sandra Bullock pancakes. Yeah. Like, that is, like, the lesbian representation. It was, like, very heavily baited, I feel like. Oh, definitely. So if they come up with another one, please make it happen. Yeah. Um, if the people that listen, yeah. Ocean's Eight, listen to this, yeah, obviously they're they're going to be listening to this specifically. But no, I mm-hmm. feel like especially um, I'm thinking of in spaces of like sci-fi and stuff mm-hmm. where there's like purposefully very bad movies made, but they're very much geared towards like men. If you think of you know like the Sharknado films. Mm-hmm. For instance, I'm like, those were objectively bad. Like, very bad. And they kept making them. Why? Because, like, dudes who were into, like, bad Mm sci-fi were really into it and kept making them money. Well, I have a fun fact for you. Mm -hmm. Um, My coworker and I talk about this a lot, but science fiction, at least in the Western world, was created by Mary Shelley, the creator of Frankenstein. So we get a lot from that. And not only that, but science fiction is a heavily supported, like, woman genre. Like, a lot of housewives would, like were, like, the first creators of fanfic because they would be watching Star Trek and they yeah, would be, yeah. like, mailing all this stuff. So, like, women have had such a heavy influence on pop culture, whether it's, like, science fiction, boy bands, and, yeah. like, music. Like, people didn't like the Beatles until teenage... Because they thought teenage girls listened to yeah. them. And then they're regarded yeah. as one of the most famous bands of all times and stuff like that. And, you know, I feel like, you know, women have such a heavy influence on what's remembered in culture. But, yeah, mm-hmm. we're, like... We're not going to take, like, there have been so many times where I've had, like, men explain the Beatles to me, (laughs) and I'm just like, listen, as a woman, I know more about hot male musicians than you do. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) As a woman that likes men, not not every woman likes men, but I feel like even if a a woman wasn't attracted to men, she would still be able to explain the Beatles better than a man Yeah, (laughs) probably. So, but yeah. I think there, yeah, there's just so much in that space that yes. there's so much to talk about there. I'm getting heated as you can tell. <laughs> it's good, it's good. It's um good to get like passionate about things. I was talking about this with my coworkers the other day mm-hmm. where I forgot exactly what the context of it was, but one of my coworkers mentioned that her boyfriend will like go off on anything that's biology he's like super about biology and all that stuff and I'm like yeah like it can be annoying but it's nice to hear people you care about especially talk about things they care about yeah definitely I think (laughs) yeah I I think passion's cool and I think finding stuff that you like is cool yeah so it's fine to get heated it's (laughs) absolutely it's totally fine 2019 we're getting heated (laughs) yeah in 2018 we were hot 2019 we were heated (laughs) sorry I don't know if that's a that's a podcast appropriate. No, that was that was um perfect actually. That's uh what I'm going to call this episode. 
<laughs> that's uh, that's it. That was that was the line. All right. Well, I'm gonna go home. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. I gave my my bit. Yeah, you, you know? gave your sound bite. That's like all I needed. We're good here now. Who needs to hear any more from you? Yeah, yeah. I have nothing else to offer. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So another thing, I feel like we've had like so many similarities that we've bonded over and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but definitely one of the things we've been talking about a lot more recently was, Mm -hmm. is the fact that we're both involved in the nonprofit space, Mm -hmm. um, and in violence prevention and anti-violence work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I feel like, hmm, where am I going with this? Who knows? Who knows where I'm going with this? We're we're, just... Let's wandering. Be, let's be the women that men want us to be, and let's just like go with it. You know, like let's just <laughs> We're be just, carefree. You know, really chill, really cool. It's... I'm, I'm down with anything. You, of course, just you can whatever you want. Of course, you can put it in my butt. You know? I'm sorry, that was like that was really aggressive, but like it's true. Yeah, that's it's like true. the cool girl thing. Oh did my you, god. Okay, did you ever see the movie Gone Girl? No, but I've definitely watched that clip so many times. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm definitely on the side of the wife. <laughs> oh, so so much, and I. Feel feel like I'm like is there something wrong with me that I like identify with this woman who is literally like I don't know if the right term is like psychopath sociopath whatever I don't think those terms really get used anymore Mm -hmm. but yeah she's like Jenny there's something wrong with her and I'm like yeah but also same (laughs) I mean like she was just kind of pushed towards the edge you know like Ben Affleck who's also just a shitty person in general um does something shitty in the movie and well like he cheats on her and you know like she put in a lot of emotional investment because I feel like the way that society is set up like you know she raised this man yeah she made him like she pushed him for his career she's done all these things for him she physically altered her body she had to say and do things that like maybe weren't her and you know like and you know in her monologue she's like you know he brought out another side in me like a, mm-hmm. a carefree side but like pretty much what he gave her, like, wasn't as, wasn't, didn't equal the amount that she kind of put into the relationship, and so, obviously, this is not me being, like, (laughs) women in cishet relationships, fuck over your man, that's not what I'm saying at all, um, maybe just dump him, but, like, yeah, you know, I understand, like, just kind of being pushed to that point, because that's how I felt in a lot of my relationships, where it's, like, you know, I gave up nights of maybe celebrating my own career milestones. I gave up a lot of opportunities to make things work. I sacrificed emotional needs so that I could have partners work. And then, you know, I had one partner being like, I don't want to be an accessory to your career. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, I'm not saying that for you not to have a career, but I'm like, well, what are you saying then? He was telling me that he functionally didn't want me to excel in my career. And it's like, you know... I put my life on hold. I put travel plans on hold to make yeah. this work. And so, you know, it's like I understand that anger of being like, I, me and my personhood really just don't. Like, men are always being told that they can put themselves first, and women are never told that they can do that. Yeah. I also think that on a level, in in any relationship, mm-hmm. especially ones that are longer term, you end up in a way sacrificing parts of yourself just because you know they fell in love with a certain person and when you're together for a long time especially like Mm -hmm. early 20s like Mm -hmm. late teens you're changing a lot like you are changing growing so much and the odds of you become staying the person that they fell in love with so low oh yeah just super low and you know if you're invested in a relationship and trying to make it work you're gonna hide parts of yourself or try to keep it the same yeah, and I've been like that. And, you know, like, the person I was, you know, like, I'm 25 now. The person I was even at 24 is vastly different. Mm-hmm. Like, my, I think my core values are still the same, but I think, you know, like, what I'm looking for, like, just different aspects. Like, I'm just constantly working on them. They're constantly changing. And I think it's scary and it's beautiful, but I'm like, life, man, it really, 
And it really gets you, you know? um, <laughs> It boggles me so much that people who, you know, met when they were, like, 18 or something like that can get married and stay married. I can't do that. All, like, I just... something Something's wrong with them. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I truly so don't sorry. understand. But people used to do that all the time. Yeah, no, and, like, it's interesting because, you know, I was looking at my apartment before this and I was mm-hmm. with my friend and I, and I asked her that and I was like, what do you think of people that have been together, like, since high school? And then she, I think she was also like, yeah, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, you change so much and I do think that they're, I think they're rare where yeah. people, like, do it. But I, she also said, like, at some point people kind of fuse together mm-hmm. that, like, they become really codependent and they kind of become the very same, if not just very similar people. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds... Because I feel like I value my independence so much now. Like, yeah. I'm very much, like, me that, in that a relationship. Scorpio sun coming out? <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, I feel like I've definitely, like, grown a lot. Because I think before I was like, I need a man to complete me. Or I'm going to do put myself in this situation yeah. because I want this guy to like me. And now I'm just kind of like... Now I'm like, oh, I can go over and see Andy and Victoria. Or I can go, you know, like, paint my nails. Or I can go watch Netflix. Like, I feel yeah. like I have so many things that, like fill me so much more than a romantic relationship and I feel like that feels wildly just very good Mm -hmm. and I think even if it is Mm -hmm. like a you decide to go to a guy's house one night it's Mm -hmm. you're not you're doing it as you yeah you're not like changing who you are for those guys because you're not worried about Mm -hmm. appealing to them in a particular way you're Mm -hmm. like well they know who I am Mm -hmm. they're they still want to hang out with me Mm -hmm. being who I am so that's just how it's gonna be and isn't that great? <laughs> That's great, yeah. And I'm like, this is, yeah, I'm going there as me. Yeah. This is real. This is me. This are the de- Sorry, Camp Rock just popped into my head right Listen, now. that is that is a formative thing. I did see um, a fascinating... Thank you, Demi Lovato. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some, like, Twitter thread where it was, like, ways you can, t- like, mm-hmm. that things that say so much about someone, which yeah. is, like, what was, like, the formative decom of your childhood, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that actually probably says a lot about someone. Well, it's interesting because I wasn't actually a Jonas Brothers fan. Really? Because, um, but my best friend was. So mm. we had a Camp Rock sleepover and we had camp, <laughs> we had camp foods. So we had like hot dogs, we had s'mores, we had like potato chips. <laughs> and I think that was also the night we looked at Pete Wentz's dick pic. Oh my God. <laughs> Because we were just, like, young girls. That yeah, that was, like, what, 2008 know. or 2009? Like Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I, I was also the friend, if this doesn't say a lot about me, I was the friend that showed my friends how to juke. Remember juking? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's, like, juking is an early derivative form of the twerk where, you like, you shake your ass and people would get in, like, juke trains where it'd just be, like... Just kind of like a grind on someone. Oh. Yeah. So I went to a Catholic school, so we weren't having any trains like that. No, of, no. Of, you gotta leave room for Jesus. Yeah, the seven inches for Jesus. Um, so I was, like, the friend that, like, showed, like, all of my... Like, I was, like... There's a there's a term for that, but I was the friend that was always very much, like... Probably because I had an older sibling and definitely because, you know, I was undergoing abuse. I was definitely the friend with, like, very advanced sexual knowledge, even right. though, like... I was also a late bloomer sexually in, like, in consensual interactions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> were the, <laughs> you were the, uh, the quote-unquote bad influence. I was the bad influence, yeah. But, like, you weren't actually doing anything bad. So yeah. No, I just, I just knew a lot of, like, just, like, it's very similar to how I am now. I just know a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, I didn't. Not to say that I have firsthand experience, but I know some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oddly enough, I was a huge Jonas Brothers fan, mm-hmm. but I was like the kind of fan that was like, I think y'all need to stay in your lane. Like, I don't, I've never watched <laughs> Camp Rock fully. I hated that they had a TV show. I was like, listen, these boys can't act. Can we just admit it? Like, they're just cute and they can sing and play instruments. Like, mm-hmm. just just, let, just leave them alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. One of the first YouTube videos I think I ever made was the Seven Things I Hate About You music video. Like, we did, like, a reenactment. Oh my god. My, one of my best friends was the Miley Cyrus. I was one of the girls in the background that was, like, crying and stuff <laughs> like that. So, um... Oh my gosh, that was so dramatic when that came out. Like, truly... Truly an iconic moment. <laughs> Truly an iconic moment. Okay, Lindsay Lohan's 2005 album. I forgot the title oh of it. Gosh. Also very iconic. Yes, yes, very formative for me. Lindsay Lohan's music. Rest in peace, her music career. I was going to say rest in peace, Lindsay Lohan. And I was like, damn. <laughs> no, rest in peace, her music career. Because honestly, after like, what, 2000... 2000- seven she just kind of like she's like all right i'll go in on this like acting shit Mm -hmm. and like she was like probably one of my it's funny speaking of like bad influences and bad kids i was definitely like an early Lindsay lohan stan i was Mm -hmm. like this is my actress of choice i'm not hillary (laughs) duff i'm not miley cyrus i am Lindsay lohan and then she turned into a i mean the odds were you know the odds are always that whoever you choose to stand as a child actor is is gonna fuck up, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think... But, like, she's just the gift that keeps on giving as she was punched in the face. Oh <laughs> trying to, do you remember that? Oh, my God. Which, I always forget, like... The internet is so wild because so much happens now, like in a news cycle, and I don't know if more stuff is happening or we just have more exposure to it. Because, mm. you know, I've been doing a lot of research. Um, I've been doing like a lot of research at work around like the anti-rape movement and like yeah. early like Civil War history and like Reconstruction era and stuff like that. So, it takes a lot of digging because you know we didn't have the internet back then. Yeah. But like, I'm just always kind of wondering: is more shit happening now, or do we have more exposure to it, or has like stuff always just been wild as long as humans have been out here? Yeah. Because I can, I can only imagine, like, again, just reading some of this history stuff, and I'm like, wow, we were really just, like, wild and out. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely... And they smelled, because there wasn't good hygiene. <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of like that phenomenon that I've heard, I've heard talk about this recently, about how it's not that Florida has, like, wilder people or anything, it's that they have, like, some law where all of their, like, arrest records and everything is completely public. Yeah, so then it just ends up being more covered. And so I'm like, okay, so it's not Mm -hmm. that the men of Florida are, like, out here wildin', Mm -hmm. it's that... It's just getting put in the newspapers all the time and yeah. run all the time, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it's, like, the same thing. I would hope so. Um, I am very hopeful for the future, and I do think we are, like, marginally getting better. Because, again, you know, like, I'm doing this timeline around, like, these amazing, like, activists and abolitionists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And just what they had to go through back then, you know, like, a lot of black women were the first to, like, stand trial um, to file, like, charges, like, against um, a rapist, often in times, you know... Um, their assailant was white and yeah. was a slave master. I don't want to say their slave master because these women were not were enslaved against their will. So yeah. I don't want to be like their master because I think that's disrespectful. Yeah. Um, and you know, like that takes just so much courage, like to go in front of jurors that were all white, yeah, all male, and to be like, you know, I am a woman first and foremost. I am a person. You need to treat me with dignity. You need to treat me with respect, and I need to be recognized under the same law that white women are. Yeah. And stuff like that. And so just like how these women really pioneered it for someone like me to do my work, you know, I feel like it's terrible that we don't talk about this history. But I'm really looking forward to again, like 
doing this work and giving these people the recognition that they deserve, these women the recognition that they deserve, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I saw you posting about that on your Instagram story. Yeah. And I yeah. guess on Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, is there any, like, specific project that that's going for, or? So I am doing an, um, a history of the anti-rape movement for our volunteer orientation, so we always do okay. that on the first night, and so um, I got handed this presentation, and I'm like, oh, I can really do what I want with it yeah. and stuff like that. So first and foremost, I, like, went around the office, and I'm like, what's one thing that, like, you wish you knew mm-hmm. first um, kind of like that, kind of seeing what other people did. And so I'm just kind of putting together this master timeline of just all of these events and trying to just go as far back as I can like yeah. in terms of American history. And, of course, I have some, like, world history on that as well. But, um, but yeah, it's been really amazing. And, like, you know, I'm printing out all these articles. I'm, like, reading so much stuff yeah. that was even published, like, in the 70s about mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. And it gets really hard, especially when we're talking about, like, Civil War, slavery era stuff, because a lot of the Confederacy burned a lot of the records and documents for, you know, people that were enslaved. Yeah. So it's really hard to... Um, to find a lot of information about it because it simply just doesn't exist anymore yeah. because that's, like, history lost in time. Yeah. So. Yeah, because there's that whole thing about how, like, the people in power are the ones who write history, and it's like, yeah, that, and also they destroy any history that says otherwise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, that's cool. How big is your office? This is just me being curious. Oh, um, well, we have three office spaces. So, I work out of our main office, which is downtown, um, in downtown Chicago, um, but my team is the smallest team, so we are a team of three people. Oh, wow. So um, the education team is, like, again, really tiny, but we're very mighty, and we teach a lot of people, and we do a lot of education, so we're constantly yeah. going. And it's funny because I feel like we're all so different, but we all have a lot of, like, overlapping similarities. Yeah. Like, our phone's never being charged <laughs> and always kind of being late to things and, yeah. all this, and having papers fly everywhere. Um so, yeah, my team is really small, but I think, I don't know how many employees we currently have, but we have um, an advocacy team, so they do medical and legal advocacy for free, and that's probably our largest team, and then we have our trauma therapy team, yeah. so we have, like, those three departments. Right. And then, of course, like, the admin people. And then the <laughs> admin people and stuff like that, and we also do a lot of our own admin work, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah, I'm curious, because I know at, like, my office, mm-hmm. whenever we talk about doing trainings that are more... I don't know, more, like, progressive moving Mm -hmm. um, in that sense. So, like, doing more stuff for, like, LGBTQIA plus community or Mm -hmm. talking about, like, sex work or stuff like that or, like, human trafficking and Mm -hmm. sex trafficking and all of that. Um, A lot of the times, like, one of the – my coworkers who I talk about this a lot with, she's like, yeah, I mean, there are some people in the office who are a little more conservative Mm -hmm. or are a little, like, especially also, like, a little bit more religious Mm -hmm. and, and, like, those, so certain things might kind of Mm -hmm. not really, Mm -hmm. they might not really vibe with it or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I don't know if that's, like, a similar thing that other organizations Mm -hmm. deal with as well. Well, I know, like, one thing I always reflect on is I feel like organizations whether they're nonprofits or for profits they do function like a family and that's that doesn't mean to say that your coworkers are your family because I yeah. feel like that also leads to exploitation yeah, um, yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> but I think you know like entities that have a lot of people you know there's going to be people that butt heads um, and stuff like that and you know and I feel like I can see both sides obviously I don't think people should be so different where they're like disagreeing on basic human rights yeah, of, like, people of existing. Of course. Um, but I feel like one thing that I'm always conscious of is, like, I don't want to work with people who are too similar to me because I want to hear new ideas and I want yeah. pushback on, like, what I'm thinking because I feel like 
too much like hegemony in a space leads to groupthink and that yeah. doesn't lead to change yeah. either. But on the flip side, you don't want to be in a space where you're so differing that like nothing is getting done. Yeah. Or you have to constantly defend your humanity or your identity or anything like that. Absolutely. And so, you know, like I think in any space you're just going to disagree and butt heads on, on things, but I think it's just kind of being like, all right, first and foremost, what's going to, what's going to make the most sense for human rights? What's going to make the most sense? And you're like, when it comes like to sex work, it's like talking about decriminalizing sex work, it's legitimizing sex work. And you know, like we are very forward thinking when it comes to that Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, you know, like, um, in my facts, in my facts and myths presentation that I typically give, um, because I do like a sexual violence 101 for like organizations. Yeah. And you know, I'm always like, you know, can sex workers be raped? And luckily, like I haven't had anyone be like, no, they can't. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's like, yes, they can. They can give them withhold consent and yeah, stuff. But, yeah. you know, I'm always, like, trying to set that precedent of, like, this is how we're going to have this conversation. Right. And these are the rights we're going to prioritize and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I know you do a lot mm-hmm. of um, education in, like, schools and stuff mm-hmm. in the area. And so mm-hmm. you're working with, like, kids, kids of all ages. Mm-hmm. And I know you've even worked with some, like, special needs classrooms yes. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is there, like... What have you, like, learned from these experiences? Or, like, how how do you go about these experiences mm-hmm. going into these spaces where you are, like, mm-hmm. maybe more privileged or maybe definitely. don't and can't empathize in the same way? Definitely. I think it's definitely about advocating on the need of the students because I've definitely have been in schools where, you know, like, without, like, saying too much, I've been like, oh, you know, like, you can just definitely tell that because of, like, the way that our schools are set up that they do favor, like, a school-to-prison pipeline. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, you know, like, I've had I've had the privilege of having students, like, really, you know, confide in me about, like, what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, like, this person's writing me up. And I think a lot of students just get frustrated because we don't see young people as people. And so I think, um, especially, like, in a school, how school systems maybe teach discipline and they don't teach, like, critical thinking skills. I think yeah. a lot of students, they get frustrated because they're like, you know... Sometimes, like, I feel targeted because if I behave, I'm still doing something wrong. If I don't behave, I'm doing something wrong. So I might as well just act however I want, which I understand. And I feel like, you know, I was in one school where kids could just go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. They didn't have to, like, they just had to sign in on a sheet and they could they could go and I was just like I had like the galaxy brain <laughs> meme because these were like young kids they were like yeah. first first grade kindergarten yeah and I was just like trusting kids to use the restroom <laughs> and it worked like they all they knew what to do they yeah. know how to handle their business and that's how the real world works and yeah. I feel like you know kids um one thing I've definitely learned of like you know kids are very very smart yeah they're very articulate they know what's going on if you teach them what's going on yes. and I feel like I've had some kids you know like as an adult um you hear like a lot of social justice jargon and you can like write a paragraph on it yeah, but you yeah. teach it to a child they'll say it in one sentence and they'll say it better than you true so I feel like, like oh so you you just meant this and you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that, I'm constantly having that moment, and that feels really great for me, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, yes, they're getting it, and, you know, like, I once ran into a dad, and he's like, yeah, my daughter talks to me about this, and, you know, like, she was able to articulate, like, this feeling that you get if something isn't right, and she talks about, like, her safe adults, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm making it through time. Yeah, they're digesting it. <laughs> yes, and, you know, like, I just feel like kids, it's hard to it's hard to be not hopeful for the future because you just work with some of the most brilliant minds. Um, and there's, they, to an extent, they have a lot more resources than we have. Like, you know, I didn't have someone like me, Yeah. you know, when I was in school. So I feel like, I feel like, you know, these kids are really good and 
I don't know. I just, I really love my job and I really love them. Aww. As corny as that sounds, like, I just, I don't know. They really, like, make my, they make my life so much better and stuff like that. So. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I know that your organization does a lot of, like, education, mm-hmm. a lot of outreach, which mm-hmm. is good for, like, the preventative side. Because obviously you mm-hmm. do have the advocacy and the direct services and all of that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's always, like, that tough balance between doing both work because, mm-hmm. You need to help people now and, mm-hmm. and support people now, but also mm-hmm. you need to, like, also educate. Yeah. Educate mm-hmm. younger people. Educate everyone. Mm-hmm. Older people. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because I think, like, you know, um, there are, like, students that do, like, disclose and stuff and, like, talk mm-hmm. and, like, you know, talk about their experiences. And they talk about it so matter-of-factly of, like, you know, will this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And they talk about it in a way that's like, well, I'm just like letting everyone else know, like, this was my experience. And, you know, like, when I give out my presentation, because we do like parent trainings and we do staff trainings, we're like, you yeah. know, the number one factor of determining how a child will react is like by believing them and by supporting them and by like listening to them. And that's why it's so important that, you know, we know that children rarely lie about this. Yeah. If a child tells you this, like, reaffirm them, believe them, tell them it's not their fault. And, you know, like, just like our name, resilience, like, children are, are resilient, you yeah. know, like, they're so, they're so strong, just so strong yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, as you can tell, I'm just like very, just like both speechless. I have the words. <laughs> I don't have the words, but like. So many feelings. But so don't many know the feelings. Right words. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. I think, I think everyone hopes that they can do work where they are passionate about mm. it and enjoy it and so few people are able to find that work yeah and like I'm very lucky but then also part of me is like this doesn't help my dating life because <laughs> I'm constantly being matched with people that aren't doing what they like yeah. and it, it makes conversation really awkward and I feel like you know especially if I date men men really don't like women that have really good jobs <laughs> no they don't men don't like women who can articulate their thoughts and communicate their needs yeah which is sad because like that makes things better yeah absolutely (laughs) and I remember like the job that I currently have this position opened up a few years ago and I almost applied but I remember someone I I was dating at the time they were like you're not going to really be happy doing that you shouldn't do it so I didn't do it oh my gosh so I could have had this job like earlier yeah but I didn't apply for it because you were just told that it probably isn't for you yeah Ooh, that's not fun yeah that's not a fun thing to think about at all but uh i figure we're at like i don't know we've been talking for like half an hour so mm-hmm. let's transition to our first segment yes which i am calling uh oh wait yeah what am i calling i am calling it it's your this is the hill i will die on Ooh, yes <laughs> Ooh, spicy yeah so okay. basically this segment is going to be mm. where we're going to talk about the hill that you are going to die on Something oddly specific that you are super <laughs> passionate about and never going to change your mind about. So, for instance, one of my things is the pronunciation of Appalachia or Appalachian Mountains. I, it's not Appalachia. I refuse to call it that. It is not correct. I will never change my mind. Um, and so that is the hill I'm going to die on. What is one of yours? One of my hills I'm going to die on, and this is a firm hill. <laughs> Nacho Libre with Jack Black is a great movie. <laughs> Oh my Great God. movie. I love that movie. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. What? 
Like, you, you, you genuinely think it's a good movie. It's not that you enjoy it. You actually think it's, like, an objectively good movie. Okay, so, as you know, I'm Cuban and Mexican, and, well, uh, let me tell this back, this beautiful backstory. It is 4th of July, I think the year was 2016, it was, um, 4th of July 2016. Oh, you're taking me back. <laughs> I went to, um, I went to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. um, to visit my friends that were living there at the time. One of my friend, one of my closest friends was in grad school, and, um, the weird thing, it's funny because, like, fireworks are illegal in Chicago, but we still blow them up anyways. Of course. And Austin they're illegal very silent oh which is like really well again you know they respect law enforcement um (laughs) awkward silence um for reasons for reasons so we like drank a little bit we had some sparklers stuff like that and we're like what movie do we want to watch and we saw that Nacho Libre was on there and I was like I think I like this movie we watched it and I was like oh my gosh this is well it's I think it's just a really funny movie and I also Mm. really respect that you know um, as a Mexican um, Cuban woman, they go out of their way for it to be like Jack Black is not Mexican. Yeah, like that is not his identity. He just happens to live in Mexico. Yeah, and all this is happening, and I feel like that really meant a lot to me oh. to like try to not pass him off as like a Mexican yeah. man. Um, so I just really love that movie, and it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he like works at like a monastery. He has like a very like innocent romance with like a nun and yeah. stuff like that, and um. And, you know, I just, I really like that movie. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Okay. That's you know I'm what? I can respect on. that. I feel like not every movie has to be, what is like a movie that people think is really good? Not every movie has to be Memento or something like that. <laughs> With Billy Zane. I don't, what are the movies that are like objective, like people are like, oh, this is the best movie ever. La La Land? I guess everyone I know who's seen it liked it, but... I uh, saw that movie on Christmas, um, and it, it was funny, because I saw that movie with my mom, and after I watched I watched that, I was like, God, my my ex and I are going to break up, aren't we? <laughs> like, I just, I felt it in my stomach, and I'm like, this person is not it for me, and I remember calling him and being like, so how's your Christmas going? And then we broke up a month, like, a little shortly after. Wow. So that movie was what helped you, like, accept in your, in your body that you're like, oh yeah, this is... This is over. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, because, you know, like, they don't end up together in that movie, but part of me was like, they really could have made it work. Mm. That's the thing with white people. They don't want to make it work. <laughs> like, okay, what? They have a long-distance relationship as they've lived their dreams? Like, but I watched that, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, this isn't happening in my relationship. Mm. We're just not working out for other reasons. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, interesting. I haven't seen it on, like, moral grounds, but... There's a lot of moral grounds not to yeah, see it on, yeah, so I, I respect that. Yeah, I feel like it's been long enough now that I can, like, watch it without feeling guilty about it, but, you know. You're not really missing out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was one of, <laughs> that was one of the movies Moonlight that, was better. <laughs> true. But that was one of those movies that um, my ex, who you know, he was always like, oh, you never watch it? Like, I, I thought it was going to be so stupid, but then I saw it and it was amazing and I love it so much and we're going to watch it sometime. I don't even remember half of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and, like, Ryan Gosling, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, like, sure. So, I'm going to say this with a lot of love. A lot of love. So much love going into it. I am very easy to hook up with. Uh-huh. But what ends up kind of happening is that a lot of men, in my eyes, unfuck themselves to me. And so it's like, you know, I don't have sex with everyone because, like I said, a lot of men unfuck themselves. Ryan Gosling unfucked himself for me. I don't know how. I don't know why. It's so interesting. Probably making La La Land and being a white guy talking yeah. about jazz. But I'm like, 
I'm like, I just couldn't, just couldn't do it. Yeah. I feel like the more I learn about him, the less I like him. Yeah. And like one of those situations. And everyone talks about his speech and he's like, oh yeah, Eva really gave up her career and like her brother was sick or something. And I'm just like, you're pretty much talking about all the sacrifices your wife made so that you as a white man could have a career. Yeah. Like that kind of is like your beautiful Latina wife Mm -hmm. where Latinas do not have representation in the media gave up her career to make her relationship work with you. Yep. Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. I also just, like, heard that Drive, which is another one of his movies that everyone was like, oh, my God, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, uh, what's her name? Carrie Mulligan's character was originally supposed to be, like, a Latina woman, and then they were like, oh, Carrie Mulligan, she's a, a like, a, a sweet-looking white woman. People feel more sympathy towards her, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, Hollywood, why yeah, do you do yeah. this? And I'm like, Ryan, you let that happen, too. <laughs> like, you were okay with it, too, so I'm a little, like... You were, compl- you were a little complicit in that one. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely the more I hear about him, I'm just like, oof, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think Ryan Gosling's it. I don't, of the Ryans, I don't think he's it. What other Ryans are there? I mean, there's Ryan Reynolds. Okay. He's okay. He is married to Blake Lively, which is a thing. And he had a marriage. He had a wedding on a plantation. plantation. <laughs> we both, I, like how you, I like how you said we both looked at each other with plantation pop into our and minds. We were like, like, nope, that that wasn't it. That was not the move. Oh, so like it's interesting because I went back and I watched Gossip Girl and when I was when I was younger because you know I was socialized to want to be a blonde woman. Of course. I was like, oh yeah, Serena. Serena is the character. I watched that and I'm like, Blair's the bad bitch there. <laughs> Blair's like the the hero here. Yeah, she's the one running shit, isn't it? Yeah, she's running shit. She like has feelings about her body. She's like, you know, it's just a very good character, um, in my opinion. And like Serena's kind of like, mm, I'm just so blonde and beautiful. And like, like they have like a role like she's trying to get into politics. And I'm like, Serena, what are you doing? <laughs> Serena. Like, listen, let's be honest. You're the cute wife not the politician. And just, that's not, and that's not because women you know, aren't able to do it. Like Blair could easily be a politician. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Vanessa easily. Jenny easily. Serena no. Yeah, she's like she doesn't have it. She just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um and I it's funny I like to call Blake Lively the oatmeal of women. Um Yeah. Yeah. Cuz I feel like she doesn't really have a personality. Um no offense Blake Lively. But it's like, you know, oatmeal's nice. It tastes good. You put some fruit on it. It's good for you. Yeah. Um, but, like, you wake up in the morning. Are you craving oatmeal? No. And, and yeah. I feel like it's not... It's a non-offensive thing to say about someone. Because it is kind of true. Like, the thing that makes her interesting is usually the people she surrounds herself with. So, like, she's interesting when she's with Ryan Reynolds. Because they, like are silly to each other or whatever, but, like... Or, or her relationship with Taylor Swift, yeah, other blonde woman. Yeah, and it's just, like, okay, that's, that's cool, but on your own, like, what do we really know about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna eat you when it's, like, cold outside and I'm broke and I have nothing else to eat. Like, I'm gonna watch Gossip Girl, you know? <laughs> when you have no other options. <laughs> yeah, when I don't want to start a new show. Um, I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> no, it's fine. Honestly, I really feel like she hasn't been in anything that's like, oh, yeah, that was, oh, she was so good in that. She had a movie, um, I've always wanted to see it, where she's a blind woman, and then she becomes unblind and realizes she's hot, and, like, she, what? and, like, does a bunch of wild stuff. No! <laughs> the 
This is what being on the internet all the time has given me the no- power Just, of. like, weirdly encyclopedic knowledge of random people's <laughs> movie careers. It's funny because I could have became a doctor. I considered it for a hot sec, and I would be so smart at it if I put all of my attention there and not on knowing that Blake Lively was in a 2014 film with the guy that's in Pet Cemetery. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Get out of here. I know. I'm really good at trivia, so if you ever want me on your team, I charge 20 bucks. Um, <laughs> I'll win it for you. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Okay, so I wanted to do one more segment, which okay. is just to ask you, you know, what what are you bringing to the table? Um, which is to say, if you had your own podcast, what is, like, a segment you really want to do? I would want to do relationship deal breakers. Mm. So I'd want to, like, go through some, like, really specific things that people, like, you know, if I were to be, like... You go home to someone's house and you find out that they have an extensive sword collection. Is that a deal breaker? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, not for me. What if they like wanted to practice? Like they wanted to show you moves with the sword. Oh yeah, then then that's before, when my like vagina would shrivel up. Yeah, that's 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 a no for me. What if they believed in Bigfoot? I can do that. I, can, I think that's okay. I think that's okay, too. Yeah. Um, what's another relationship? Is the sword collection a, a deal breaker for you? It depends on how hot they were. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they were, like, really hot, I can definitely get into some sword play. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like just inherently having the sword collection isn't bad. Yeah. I feel like once they want to, like demonstrate it and because then I'm like oh that means you like are out here on your own practicing (laughs) with your sword (laughs) not something I want to think about um (laughs) what if okay someone what was I gonna say I had a really good one in my head I feel like I've ignored many like red flags and just been like it's fine on multiple occasions (laughs) someone that did improv but was really bad on it and insisted that you're at every show Oh, hard pass. I can't stand improv. I do not like improv. I think maybe, maybe, maybe at the very highest tier, improv can be okay and, like, Mm -hmm. funny at times. Mm -hmm. But, like, no. (laughs) I've seen, like, professional shows, too. It's just just not it. (laughs) I mean, like, can we use that spontaneity for something better in life? Um. Yeah, yeah. Or I feel like there's ways to use improv skills. Like, I think yeah. it's a good skill to have. Yeah, definitely. But I think improv shows in itself, improv comedy in itself is not very funny, mm-hmm. but used in other contexts to mm-hmm. build off of things. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, Parks and Rec, a lot of it was improv. And I'm like, that was good. But that's because you were building off something. You were yeah, not they, just... <laughs> yeah, they have, like, rapport. They have characters established. Yeah. They have to, like, think about that. Um, what's another deal breaker? Well, this one's more of a personal one. Mm. Someone believing in God, or like, or, or like they're really religious. Only a deal breaker if it means that they will not have sex before you get married. Fair, because you know that no, your girl can't do it. <laughs> no, it's fair. Like I've met people where they're like, re- like religion at all is just a deal breaker, and hmm. I'm like, why? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like as long as they're not like, their religion isn't making them act or believe things mm-hmm. that are bad, yeah. uh, like, actively bad, then yeah. I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Yeah, definitely. All right, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. What's one more really good deal breaker? Hmm. Ooh, I like hearing about this one. Um, 
Do you believe in, this isn't, I guess, a deal breaker, but do you believe in micro-cheating? Micro-cheating. So micro-cheating, so there's, like, different definitions of it, but micro-cheating is something, like, you're, the person that you're dating is liking photos of someone else, maybe they're talking to someone else on the internet, possibly flirting, but it's not serious, up until, like, actively using Tinder while you're still together. Um... Yeah, micro-cheating. Or maybe they, like, text their ex but, like, keep it under a different name. Like, micro-cheating is such a loose concept. Yeah. And I guess that's, like, such a new thing yes. with, like, social media and smartphones and everything. Yeah, I mean... it's a lot easier to hide. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's interesting because, like, I definitely had have had Joe tendencies where I'm like, why are you liking this person's photo? Mm. And stuff like that. Not that I'm proud of it. It has happened. Um, but I feel like I was also very insecure both in my relationship and in myself yeah. when stuff like that was happening. So, like, I don't really have a basis point of, like, where I've dated someone in a committed way where I'm like, would this still bother me and mm-hmm. stuff like that? <sighs> I guess, yeah, I don't really think in my relationships that I've had in the past that that's... I mean, it's, first of all, not something I ever worried about. But, yeah. like, for instance, the two men that I've been in, like, actual relationships with, they are both, like, guys who have a lot of female friends. Yeah. And so, like obviously they're gonna like yeah photos of their yeah or like they're gonna text them or whatever hang out with them and just be hanging out with a lot of women and i'm like yeah that's fine i feel like i'm not really a jealous person in general that's good um and yeah i mean i definitely wouldn't care about like liking photos i wouldn't care about that shit like good uh, i think if it was something where they were being deceptive about it that would be the thing because yeah i just i can't stand lying yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's where my whole thing is. Like, I feel like I'm, I've come around and being like, it really doesn't matter because liking someone's photo isn't, like, it doesn't take away from who I am as a person. I think for me, it's more of like, yeah, I think it's more of like if they're like trying to be sneaky about it. Like, if they texted their ex and like had it under a different name. Yeah. Or like purposefully weren't saving the number. Or yeah, or purposely weren't saving. Uh, or I'm, like hiding their phone screen from you when they're oh my texting you, them or something yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I think that's like something that I'm like, well, don't be sneaky if you, or don't be yeah. like shady if you don't. I don't know, because I'm, like, very open, and I definitely believe that, like, the moment you're going through someone's phone is the moment the relationship should end. Oh, you're, yeah, totally. <laughs> because, like, you're at the point, like, where you're being very, like... Yeah, you're not you trusting know. each other, and, like, trust is definitely... Mm-hmm. I think in any relationship, romantic or otherwise, mm-hmm. like, trust is the most important thing, but, you know... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess, like, that's a really important one that I often think about is like micro cheating and I think micro cheating is like I think it's either cheating or it's not yeah and I feel like for each partner or like for each relationship it looks different so I feel like it's important to have that conversation of like this crosses a boundary for for me yeah and then examining like well is this a reasonable boundary is this irrational like so I think it's also important to like not enable behavior like um I remember like one of my one of my friends had a, a had a boyfriend and she was like she, like, made the comment of, like, oh, you're going to see, like, other attractive women. And he was, like, actually, yeah, because I'm going out with my friends. But that doesn't mean that we're not in a relationship mm-hmm. and that I'm not going to respect that. And he's, yeah. like, and I'm not going to entertain even a joke about that. Yeah. And I was, like, that's a way to handle it. Yeah. yeah because it's it's the truth, you know? Yeah. So. No, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <sighs> imagine, imagine a man communicating with you like that. Wow. Must what be. a concept. What, what, a, what a concept. Yeah, have you seen Russian Doll? I've watched, like, 
three or four episodes of it. I haven't finished it. Yeah, there's a one line where Natasha Leon is like, Thursday, what a concept. <laughs> and there's a Twitter account, and every Thursday it tweets it that tweets photo. Thursday, and she's, what a concept. Yeah, she's like, and it, I have to put my arm up in the air. I'm sorry that this is a podcast, but she goes, Thursday, what a concept. <laughs> and she has, like, the, the cigarette like yeah. in her hand, too, as she's, like, doing it. And it's very New oh, York. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it was like, oh, she made it to Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah, one of those. Oh, what a good time. What a good time. Thursday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Almost Thursday, what a concept. But, um, yeah, so, honestly, I feel like since, like, what, the third time we hung out? Yeah. Or something like that, we were talking about doing a tarot card reading. Yeah. Because you are someone who is into, like, kind of those spiritual things yes. we have yep, yep, talked yep. a lot about mm-hmm. astrology and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff um so i feel like that would be a nice thing to finish up on absolutely i i agree i agree so we're both like staring at my cards so i'm gonna show you my deck my mom always says that decks find people so my my mom i lost my original deck because i think my sister took it and then mm-hmm. i was like and i was like mom i needed you know i was being like a, a really pissy early 20 year old um <laughs> and she's like you can just have this deck and it's, like, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm really into the images on them, so if you want to take a look at them, because they're, like, I don't know, like, look at this Three of Swords, like, who are these people? I don't even wow. know. How would you describe these cards? I, because they're really, they're, like, almost kind of, like... It's, like, a very, it's very much, like, a mix of modern and traditional imagery, it looks like. Yeah, modern, traditional imagery, it's definitely, like, kind of a flair of the 80s. I think this deck might be from, like, the early 90s, late 80s yeah. um, that my mom had. The color scheme is very, like, pastel, generally, I would say. Yeah, it's, like, okay, there's, like, one card, and the guy is wearing jeans and no t-shirt, and I'm, like... This is a, that is an 80s look. Yeah. Like, look at that. Yeah. Queen of Wands. Yeah, but, um, I really like this deck, and so I've been reading tarot since I was, like, really little, and it's interesting, because, like, I think there are people that, like, get really into it, but the way that I've kind of always read them is I've always kind of gone more on instinct, I've kind of always kind of read the book and have gone by my feelings Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, so... By no means I am I an expert, but I have had some, like, really accurate readings for myself and for, like, other people and yeah. stuff like that. And this is something that, like, your mom does, mm-hmm. your sister does. And my grandma, my, or my late abuela, was really good at it. Yeah. And, you know, may she rest in peace. Um, She's no longer with us. But I remember, like, growing up and, like, she would do my cards and, like, read them mm. in Spanish and stuff like that. And Is that something that's tied to, like, Latinx culture? Um, so, I mean, like, there is, like, Santeria and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and, like, Cuban culture, and, like, my family was, like, Cuban Catholic and, like, believed in all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and, la- like, not, I'd probably say that there is more of a connection there, where yeah. it's, like, you know, like, my grandma, while she was Catholic, like, was really big into, like, tarot readings and, like, astrology, yeah. and, you know, like, witchcraft. Yeah, because the other, yes. the <laughs> other woman I n- know, or knew, mm. she's, we used to work together at a restaurant who I knew was like really into it mm-hmm. um is part Dominican and yes. so I was like oh I wonder if that's like a yeah absolutely cultural thing yeah and you know like I think it varies from different culture and like from different cultures and different perspectives but I feel like you know that was just something that I grew up with like my mom was taking me yeah. to like bookstores that had like um you know like tarot cards and yeah you know like manifestation 
affirmations and affirmations and like universal stuff and so it's like you know while I might not explicitly talk about that now in depth it's like something that's always on my mind and stuff like that like I definitely believe in like energy and manifesting and thinking of positive things um might not cure your depression 110 (laughs) percent, but I think it will like I think just kind of being in a good mindset or putting yourself in a good mindset can help a lot. Yeah. So. Okay. So what sh- what should I do? So I want you to shuffle them, and I want you to think of you know just something that's on your mind, um, whether it's related to work or your love life. Just maybe a few questions that you have, and then I want you to shuffle them. And when you're done, um, I want you to cut the deck and put it up here. Cut the deck. Oh, cut it. Cut it. Yeah. And then put the right. Or wait, what hand do you write with? Right one. Put the right on top. And then pull the first card. Either or? Yeah, put that back on top and then pull the first card. Okay. You got spicy. Death. A spicy first card. Ooh. Are we going to tell the viewer? Yeah, yeah. So I got or the listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, eh, sure. Okay. So this is the Celtic Cross. So this is like one of the most um, basic spreads. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes, again, it goes into, like, you, your energy, the past, and, like, what you hope for in the future. Damn, girl! You have a boy in your future! Really? Yeah! Spicy! Oh my god, you have two boys in your future! Wait, what? Fuck <laughs> off! I'm leaving! I'm so offended! What does this mean? <sighs> okay. Damn, girl. So first, I'm gonna ask you what you think of your cards. Just, like, initial thoughts. I get, I don't really, I'm not really that familiar okay. with tarot, so I'm just, like, I'm seeing a lot of cups, like, princess of cups, six of cups, four of cups, of cups, ten of cups, so I'm curious about what that means. Absolutely. Um, any cards that you're, like, feeling strongly about? Yeah, well, we, we got a spicy death on the first card. So, um, the first card is actually, so, again, this one's chosen by yeah. you. Yeah. And this represents, like, your energy in you. Mm. So that's why it's chosen by you. This represents you. Okay. I feel like, yeah, there's, like, we have the emperor, which... Mm, This makes sense for you. Yeah. And upside down three of swords, which I'm also... That's the only one that's upside down. I like the upside down. Well, you know, it just means, like, the inverse of something, Mm -hmm. which for a swords card is typically good, because swords, you know, as you would imagine, very pointy, very sharp. They represent difficult times, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So, you have Death, and Death's looking badass, so it's a skeleton, um, and you know, like, he's chilling with his blackbird, and this really makes sense for you, because I feel like, you know, you're out of time, it means, like, the end, transition, transformation, um, you know, boundaries, um, boundaries being reached, you know, time elapsing, stuff like that, and so I feel like this definitely represents you, at least how I feel, like, in the time of your life that you're in now. Like, you're going through transition, you are looking for new opportunities and stuff, you're rebirthing mm-hmm. um, as a person and stuff like that. Um, how would you interpret that? I always like to ask the people that I'm reading for. Yeah, that's kind of okay. what I, I thought. Because I know that the death card isn't literal death. It's yeah, good. Yeah. It's more of, more of, yeah, like a symbolic mm-hmm. ending. And, yeah, I mean, that's... My whole last year has been transition and mm-hmm. things changing mm-hmm. and things ending and... It's only continuing in that trend, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, I know for me, like, the first year out of school, a lot of transition even, like, and a lot of just changes and a lot of realizing myself. Um, in the words of Kylie Jenner, the year of, like, realizing stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's definitely, like, where your headspace is at. And I think, like, even having, like, a new podcast and, like, starting a new journey, you know, I feel like that's definitely a transition and a change. Mm-hmm. 
So now we have the second card. And it's um, forces that are either supposed, they're either supporting or opposing your energy. But because it's a want card and because she looks so peaceful, I'm gonna yeah. say that this is supporting your energy. Yeah, she's like a woman sitting on the ground. She has her arms raised up to the sun. She has three lotus flowers. Yeah, I did see the lotus flowers. Wands are typically very good. I like wands. Um, wands are like very like gentle, soft mm. energy and stuff like that. Like in contrast to the sword. And it's funny because for a long time I had sword energy and then I switched over to wand energy in my readings and stuff like that. So, so yeah, a young woman is she's performing a magic dance and bowing to three blooming lotus flowers. So, this this is good. This is very good. So you know this pretty much just means like virtue, growth, success, um, dreams coming true manifesting will again we just talked a little bit about manifestation yeah so discovering and stuff like that so you know i feel like again you're going through this time of transformation and the energy is definitely supporting that Mm -hmm. so you know your energy of like you know that this is going to pay off this transformation and all these changes that you're going through while it might be difficult there's going to be payoff in that and that there's energy supporting you yeah and stuff like that and you definitely have a lot of creative energy again like i said making this podcast um going through your life making changes you know the rebrand on the internet, on the, <laughs> the interwebs, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that, that's what I feel so far. Is there anything that you would like to say about this? That feels right. And yeah. I'm, I, I do feel comforted by that idea, mm-hmm. which is a good thing to have right now, I think. Oh, absolutely. So, card number three. Card number three. So, this is where your questions come from. This is where, you know, like the foundation of the matter and that's the princess of cups we're getting into the cup heavy yeah the cup the cups so you know she's a a young woman wearing a golden tiara so i imagine that's you so spontaneous energetic willing to accept risks impulsive passionate both in love and anger ouch (laughs) did that just come for you yeah i did that loki did (laughs) yeah i mean like because i feel like i started reading it and i'm like this is andy i was like oh so yeah all these questions i obviously are coming from like inside of you and stuff and like taking risks and stuff so yeah i think all pretty much across the board what i'm seeing in this reading is again like you're just doing a lot of things that maybe you haven't necessarily done before and you're going on Mm -hmm. this new journey into adulthood and doing all of like these brand new things for the first time and like you know, they're risky, they're impulsive decisions, they're like, you know, I'm really, really living life out here, but yeah. from what the looks of it are, you know, like, the universe is supporting you in that, and the yeah. universe, like, has your back and is like, yeah, do the impulsive risky thing. Um, this is just me saying that to her, that does not mean you. I don't <laughs> want to be, I don't want to be hit up in the comments of being like, this woman told me to do something impulsive, and it failed. Yeah. T- this is just for Andy, so yeah, that's also, a Also, to be clear, like, none of this stuff is necessarily literal <laughs> yes yeah it's necessarily literal exactly i just wanted to put that huge disclaimer on there um but yeah so pretty much like the universe is supporting you and your decisions to go follow your dreams even if they might seem unattainable unattainable or risky or like impulsive yeah. decisions yeah. and stuff like that so do you have a lot of questions about like where you're going in life oh yeah so many was that like what you're kind of directing your energy towards in the car Definitely. a little bit okay yeah because i feel like that's definitely i feel like that and love are like the two big things that are coming up yeah from what it, from like just me looking at the spread um yeah. is that is that pretty accurate those are definitely the two things that are most in my brain yeah for sure that occupy the most space because yeah i feel like again i'm seeing a lot of mixture of like career um independence and like romance and stuff like that yeah all righty on to the next one 
This is the past regarding your question. Oh. So this is the um, inverted three of swords. So it's um, it's upside down. And so just to describe it to you, it is in a dark courtyard, three people dressed in black, and they stand in front of rose-pierced swords. I know what this is about. It's always, it's a spicy illustration, too, because, mm -hmm. like, two of the figures are in, like, suits, and then one of them's in, like, a robe, which I was like, oh, mixing the modern and traditional. Yes, absolutely. But I think, I'm just going to take a stab at it. I think this is the past, and I think this has to do with your past relationships. Because, mm. it, you know, it means, like, sorrow, separation, grief, error, and then decisive realization. So I feel like it's kind of pointing in the past of, like, having to come to a very hard decision. Yeah. That was very difficult for you. And I feel like that's where, like, all of your questions come from. So whether that was a relationship or whether that was, like, a life choice that you've had to make, like, yeah. in school, um, just pretty much just, like... Again, this is, like, what's kind of happened in the past for you. Mm -hmm. And it was really painful. As you know, like, there's a rose being pierced by three swords. So it, whatever happened in the past, it wasn't easy for you. And it was really difficult. And it caused a lot of emotions. And it causes a lot of your questions now. Mm -hmm. I also find it very funny that it's a rose. The imagery. <laughs> the imagery. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. The imagery. The imagery. So, so does, does it being inverted... What does that mean? So typically inversion also kind of means like the opposite of that. So like, again, like while this represents like obviously sorrow and a lot of grief, it says like decisive realization. So that's like what the inverted kind of means. So it's like, while this was obviously very sad that something mm -hmm. positive still came out of this, like there was still like, it wasn't a decision made out of like, you know, like out of error. Like it was mm -hmm. a good thing that happened whenever happened okay. and stuff like that. But that still doesn't mean that it wasn't very difficult yeah. for you for and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, while this was really a hard thing in your past, that it was for, like, the right reasons. Okay. So. On to the next one. Yeah, on to the next. So what, oh, we're going to take a, a quick pause. What do you think so far? I'm wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like um, the few times I have done tarot mm -hmm. or similar card readings, I do... I feel like they've, like, made sense for me, okay. and obviously in, mm -hmm. in some ways, like, they're meant to kind of relate to any situation you're in, but, you know, like, that's kind of the skeptical, mm -hmm. like, oh, it's going to relate to anyone, but, yeah, I always mm -hmm. feel like, regardless of, you know, how accurate it is, because it's not really about the accuracy, it's about mm -hmm. what you take from it. Absolutely, yeah, and I feel like when I've been, like, in my prime of reading tarot, they've been pretty accurate for other people, like, mm -hmm. I predicted... I predicted breakups. I predicted yeah. people meeting other people and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I feel like, again, it's just a really great reflection tool yeah. to, like, think about yourself. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to go on to the um, fifth spot up here, and that is free energy surrounding you. So that's free energy that might or might not manifest in the future. Okay. So this either will or will not happen depending on, you know, like, certain circumstances, just things to look out for and to keep in the back of your mind. So that's the emperor. So that's a spicy man. Um, he's a spicy boy. So, yeah, a powerful emperor. I've actually never seen that card come up. Oh, and, interesting. And, like, my, I've had this deck for maybe about five years. Mm -hmm. That card has never come wow. up. So you're the first person to have this card. So a powerful emperor sits on his throne and the insignia of power in front of him. So this is a powerful person. Um, yeah, <laughs> what I predicted, masculine energy, shaping of the material world. Um, 
rulership stability. So I feel like what's manifesting is that you may or may not meet someone. Oh, interesting. Um, so that might be on the horizon for you. So you might, you know, to be on the lookout for like a potential partner. Mm-hmm. And this person is a very strong person. Um, and you know, like very powerful, very strong, and will offer you some stability in your life if you choose to take that or not. Okay. So yeah, sometimes these can be very literal, literal as well. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that right away. Once I saw that was like in the free energy spot and I'm like, she's meeting someone. Oh, wow. So I'm like, <laughs> wow. And we're going to go to this and this is going to manifest regardless. Oh, which is the six of cups. And it is, it is a another sensual, intimate, yeah, looking card. Two lovers in an intimate moment, and they're sitting in the reeds. They're sitting, um, yeah, they're sitting with their cups. So effortless harmony, satisfaction, nice memories, renewal. So yeah, either way, you're going to end up, I think, dating someone in the near future. And it's either going to be this really powerful person, but either way, you're going to be with someone. And Mm -hmm. so we can interpret this several ways. So maybe this is more of a casual relationship or maybe that this is the relationship with this person. But either way, you're going to be booed up (laughs) in one way, shape or form, whether it's like coupled, open in some way, shape or form. That's coming for you. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I was hoping I would that uh that I would get booed up in the career, but you know, <laughs> but booed up in the pants is fine, right? <laughs> That's fine. In the in the bed is also okay. I, you see, I want the opposite. Like all of the readings I've had so far um, are about your career. They're about my career. They're about my friendships, and I'm just like, okay, but am I gonna get wifed? <laughs> when am I gonna get wifed? Why isn't it like? And I, I remember someone's like, yeah, you you don't have anyone here in your cards, and I was like, thanks, thank you. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so, but pretty much you're, it looks like you're going to date someone and, you know, it's going to be happy for you either way. Mm-hmm. So whether it's with this powerful person or with this one. So I think, kind you know, hope it's someone new. Yeah. Just be mindful of the people you're meeting and yeah. be mindful of, again, like who they are, what they represent, their power. But either way, it's going to end up good for you. Okay. So be mindful. Don't obsess about it. Yeah. It's going to work out the way that it's supposed to work out. Okay, so this is going to be your hopes and fears. We have another Cups card regarding your question, and that's Four of Cups. So we're at six, and now we're at four. So a young man beside a lotus flower pond. So he looks like, you know, he's reflecting and stuff like that. So uncertain feelings, weariness, diminished joy, refusal, and stuff like that. Are you worried about anything? Oh, yeah. Super worried about all of the things. Pretty much this shows that you're kind of filled with fear about a lot of things Mm -hmm. maybe like in your life right now whether it's like career oriented or like love oriented and stuff like that and um can I ask like how your outlook is on life are you willing to share what your outlook is what a a question I mean I don't really know what that means I guess yeah that's fair I think I'm just like so uncertain Mm -hmm. about everything right now okay that on the one hand I'm like oh you know so much good things could happen but also alternatively I'm scared that nothing's going to manifest and I will be Mm -hmm. left scrambling absolutely yeah absolutely but like I wouldn't worry about that but I understand where it's coming from but yeah I think a lot of your uncertainty and a lot of your feelings are coming out and your your fears it doesn't look like you're very hopeful for Mm -hmm. it and stuff like that so that's like in your hopes and fears um now we have judgment, and that's actually how others how others might connect with you and stuff like that, or how you feel others connect with you. So three trumpets um, and the sound of the cosmos, and they wake up the dead. So breakthrough, transformation, waking up. 
So a lot of people actually view you as transforming hmm. and stuff like that, um, which is really good. So I think a lot of people are taking notice of, like, who you are and who you're coming out to be now, like, as this adult and stuff like that. And, again, like, as the judgment card shows, like, people are waking up to that and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I think, you know, I think we think of judgment as such a bad thing, but I also think of judgment as, like, people taking notice of you. And I don't think judgment is necessarily bad, especially, yeah. like, if it's a good transformation that makes you happy and that you're doing the thing that you want to do yeah. and stuff like that. Interesting. So... This represents what you need to go through to have the outcome. Okay. And that's the two of wands. Which is generally positive. Which is generally positive. And that's a young man in a confident posture. So, uh, this, I think the most important thing that stood out to me is success by understanding the opposites of things. So, domination, superiority, authority, and stuff. So, you know, like, he's standing really confident. So, I think this what, what this really means is, like, not being afraid to be confident. And even while things are uncertain in your life, to, like, carry yourself tall and strong yeah. like this man is. And just kind of being like, you know, I got this. You know, I think th- what rings to mind is, like, fake it until you make it. Mm. And stuff like that. Not that you have to fake anything. So, I think you are doing wonderful and you're very real as a person smiles oh my gosh um but i think this just means like you know what you need to go through is just understanding yourself who you are being confident in yourself and just knowing that like you got this Mm -hmm. it's just gonna take time yeah and stuff like that time and like hard work so yeah i think that's actually a really positive thing to go through it doesn't look like it's gonna be like a suffering process at all which is which is good it's gonna be relatively painless wow so and then we have the outcome which is ten of cups so it's funny because we've been through all the cups, but you're ending with a lot more cups. Yeah. So a woman in a blue scarf is sitting at the shore of a lake. She has the scarf around her. She looked good. Oh. <laughs> this is really good. Literally perfect success. What? Calm, satisfaction, wishful thinking, um, satiety. So you're going to be feeling like very like satious and like full and satisfied in your life. Mm. Um... Yeah, so pretty much, like, every, pretty much is, like, it's, you have a really good reading. Wow. So pretty much, like, everything's going to work out for you. Just continue doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You are going to get whoever this person is, whoever this partner is. You are going to, again, as long as you're confident and as long as, you know, you're happy with yourself, you are going to reach the success that you're determined to reach. This is very, like, I feel... You can take a photo of it if you want to reflect on, on it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I always have people take photos of their um, spreads. Yeah. It'll also like remind me of how trash I am <laughs> keeping things organized. It's fine. Yeah, but this is a, a positive reading. I'm really glad that we did a positive, or, like, you got a positive one. Yeah, I was very scared because I think, you know, that the truth is, like, you know, tarot is not... Yeah. It's just going to tell you what it's going to tell you. There's oh, no, yeah. like, influencing whether it's good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've had had readings that have, like, dragged me, and I'm like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, I ha- and I have had readings that are positive, like this one. But, yeah, this, like, looks relatively good. And, again, like, you have a lot of... It's interesting that you're a water sign, because a lot of your cards are also by water. Yeah, definitely. If, like, you look at them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, everything looks really good for you, so congratulations. <laughs> My life is perfect. <laughs> So, um, end of podcast. Yep, that's it. That's the conclusion. I'm going to get booed up and everything's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, because women need 
women need booze to feel important. Yeah. They don't, actually. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> Jokes, yeah, but it just looks like that that, that that aspect of your life is going to be good, mm-hmm. um, which is which is good. It's nice to have if you can have it. But yeah, do you have any questions about the reading or anything you want me to go over again? No, I think I'm good. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, ho- I really hope, um, again, this was a positive reading and stuff like that. But yeah, continue to be confident, continue to believe in yourself. I know I'm starting to sound like a Hallmark, bring it on cheerleader yeah. type, but, um, but sometimes like, you know, it's this, it's Occam's razor. The, the simplest explanation is always the correct one. So I think yeah. sometimes the simplest thing you can do for yourself is just be like, you know what? Fuck the haters. Yeah. I'm going to do me and I'm going to work hard. And yeah. And honestly, I think there's nothing wrong with like those positive affirmations and just yeah. being like, you know what? You're great no matter what. And like, Say it out loud to yourself sometimes. Absolutely. We all need to have, um, we all need to be our own cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Just like Torrance Shipman was. Yeah. And bring it on. Because she broke, <laughs> she dumped his ass. She dumped his ass. Somebody, tw- somebody, not tweeted, somebody put it on their Instagram the other day. They're like, iconic moment. It was when she was dumping her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was like. It really was iconic. It really was iconic. She okay. she said he wasn't boyfriend material. Yeah. And I'm like, like. <laughs> it was so good. So good. Just the savagery of 2000. <laughs> um. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for, for having me. I hope I I did good. Don't yeah. don't give me affirmations on yeah. here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank yes. you for being my friend. Thank, thank you for being for my friend. Being in my life. Thank you for being in my life. Oh my god. We're water signing <laughs> out right now. We're in gonna... case it wasn't obvious, and like Scorpios and Pisces like get along well. Yeah, we're very compatible, as you can tell. <laughs> I was of, of like the goo fest happening, so we're gonna probably goo offline now. Yeah. Um. um so where can people find you? Absolutely. Anything you'd like to plug? Absolutely. So, um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My username is the same. It's Emma G Baby. So Emma G E E and then B B Y. And I'm sure you'll put that in like any. Yeah. Yeah. I can link that. So yeah, you can link that. Um, and if you want me to come out to like your college class, to like your sister or brother's high school, to your organization. I do personalized trainings. Um, I do public speaking. I do facilitations and dialogue and stuff for more small group things. I would love to work with you and we can talk about healthy relationships, consent, boundaries, um, history, anything you'd like. I'd be happy to serve you in yeah. any way. And in case, in case it wasn't obvious, Emma is very smart and good at talking and like, oh, stop. relating to people. <laughs> and so, like, you know, she's great. Her organization is great. So definitely reach out. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.